This is Aldo Rose, FKA Adam Rose, former WWE superstar, and you are listening to the Atomic Podcast. Intellectual stimulation by way of mobile devices. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Atomic Podcast. And here is your host of the show, Efren Guzman. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another exciting episode of the Atomic Podcast, coming to you live from Twin Lakes, Wisconsin, where we blow up the news on a verbal scale. I am your host, Efren Guzman, and my guest today, he's a former WWE wrestler. You probably know him as Adam Rose, but ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking to the man, Raymond Lapon. Raymond, how you doing? I'm good, how are you? I'm good, man, I'm good. How's everything going for you in Florida now? How's, how's the sunny life? Oh, I love Florida, man. I love it. I don't think I'll ever be. Honestly, I don't think I'll ever leave Tampa. Uh, I went to Ohio once for three months, and then I was like, the moment the cold hit, I was like, no, nope, I'm out of here. So, no, Florida's beautiful. Ah, uh, yeah. uh, um, to catch up with the fans, um, what you, um, what you been up to since your release? What you been doing? I have been working every and any indie show I could get an experience because to me it's all about the experience of experiencing something I never got to experience because I went straight from develop straight from South Africa directly into developmental for the WWE. So this is an opportunity for me to experience a part of this industry that I was never a part of. And um, I'm enjoying it. I mean some of it's it's the good, the bad and the ugly as I like Sometimes it's really good, sometimes it's really bad, and sometimes it's ugly. But it's, it's all fun, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, um. Do you feel like going to the indie shows and whatever? You have more, like you have more fan interaction than you did before. Like with, like you know, the people who couldn't. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I think it's ridiculous. I think like the first time I ever came out, I think people are so um, programmed to what they saw on WWE programming that they assume that's what they're going to get, but. Now that the chains are off, and now that I'm able to do exactly what I want to do, and I have creative freedom to control my product the way I want to control it, I mean, it's a whole different experience. Um, literally, the last two shows, we've had the crowd in near riot by the end of it. And this was a guy that WWE didn't give a, well, the WWE didn't give a fuck about me. And the fact of the matter is now I'm able to, with creative freedom, explore parts of the character and parts of myself that I, I wasn't able to explore before. So it's, it's opened up an entirely new audience to me. I, I'll give you a perfect example. I'll come out, and the audience is expecting a certain type of Adam Rose. And then I give them a taste of that just because that's what they expect. Mm-hmm. And then I go to Eldo. Ah. And then I introduce them to my version of this character. And, and uh, by the end of it, I, uh, it's insane. I mean, the reactions have been insane. Um, is Aldo like sim- similar to Adam Rose? If no one's seen Aldo, like if no one's seen Aldo on the Independence, how close is Aldo to Adam? Uh, same human being, but I would say probably maybe the first twenty seconds are the same. Yeah. <laughs> Other than that, you're getting me as me, and you're getting me as the. Uh, the get, I don't know. You're just getting me for once. You know, you're getting the version of the character I wanted to uh, produce in the first place. Growing up in South Africa, who were some of the wrestlers that inspired you? You know, my first experience in professional racing was all South African. So I didn't really get to see the American product per se. Yeah. So, but once it, um, uh, the American product started filtering into South Africa, which was about 10 years after the fact that it had come into the States, uh, I was able to experience the American product. Now, if you compare the two products, you can't compare the two products. Yeah. So the African racing was 
and is very uh, behind the time, so to speak. I think it's catching up now, but I don't think it'll ever fully catch that gap. But uh, it was a totally different experience. And when I grew up, I was exposed to South African stars like Don and Fuchas and Tornado and uh, Justin Gabriel's daddy, the Pink Panther, yeah. and stuff like that. I, I wasn't exposed to American stuff. I think the first American thing I ever saw, and I just remember it was coming 10 years after the aired year, was, uh, I think it was the Von Erics versus Ric Flair and somebody else. I'm not sure. Yeah. And from there on, it was just WWE programming all the way through. Uh, um, what was the bigger adjustment going from South Africa to the United States or going from developmental to the WWE? The biggest adjustment was probably South Africa to the United States because I'd never really been taught. In South Africa, the way they train you is they pretty much give you a ring, show you how to take bumps, hit ropes, and the rest is your problem. Uh-huh. Um, so you would end up slow-mowing tape and, and watching people to figure out how to do things. But like the jump from NXT to the WWE was also a massive jump, but I think more creatively than anything else. Um, is there a sense of freedom that comes from working on the independence that a performer might not have in the big company like WWE? Oh, yes. That is what I'm enjoying. Yeah. Like, I remember, because you get so programmed mm-hmm. um, into the WWE way of thinking, all these rules and regulations and restrictions. And, I mean, not everyone has those rules and regulations and restrictions. I'll give you a perfect example. The Cruiserweight Tournament right now yeah. is fantastic, but I can't wait till the rules and regulations and restrictions step in. And then we'll see what the Cruiserweight Classic actually looks like. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's, it's very different when those rules and regulations are actually lifted. So, but it's going to be, um, for me, the, the artistic freedom and the creative freedom is just, uh, it's, it's reviving me. Mm-hmm. I remember the first like indie match I had, I had like, my brain was so full of all these programming that eventually the guy looked at me and said, look, it doesn't matter anymore. They're not here. You do whatever you want. And then I was like, that's crazy. I can do whatever the fuck I want. I know you came to New York recently for the promotion FTW. Um, how was that promotion? Uh, I'll be honest with you. I work for so many different promotions. Sometimes I forget. But I know FTW because I know the guy who owns it personally. Yeah. And uh, I think there's a lot of there's a, I did talent in FTW. I just think uh, it needs some time to grow. And... Um, it needs some time to grow by itself, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. I think, uh, I think the drop-off between um, uh, the top guys in FTW and the bottom guys in FTW, the drop-off's too big and they need to fill the gaps. But, I mean, FTW as a promotion, I just think it needs more time. Um, what other um, sports are, have your interest in? you have an interest in any other sports out there? No, not really. I mean, I think uh, I started racing when I was 16. I love that one. So, I mean, the only other sports I played was the African sports. I don't really understand it. <laughs> I can't watch American sports. I have no idea what's going on. Basketball, no idea. Baseball, no clue. And I've got two American kids, and I'm like, how the hell am I going to train them to play these sports? And I have no idea what's going on. Um, so, when I was growing up, it was all rugby and tennis and cricket and soccer. So, it's, it's a totally different experience. But I'm going to have to learn how <laughs> to play these sports. Um, what segment or angle do fans bring up to you the, the most? Is it the Kathy and Hoda segment or the feud with the bunny or something else? The Kathy and what? Kathy and Hoda. Oh, people hated that segment. <laughs> people, and then I got blasted for it, which is unfair. It's like I made the idea. Anyway, um, yeah, you, you'll notice actually at the beginning of the segment, I step way out of camera shot and I yeah. step into the corner, hide away, and let them just do their thing because I didn't want to be <laughs> <laughs> So bad WWE programming. 
I think the only guy I really enjoyed was is it Kevin Hart. I mean, I think I had a blast with him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was he was a lot of fun. He was fun backstage and in front, and he just went for it. You know, he just enjoyed it for what it was, and, and that was cool. Yeah, it's it's good when a celebrity comes in and they actually know the product and they know some of the wrestlers and they know wrestling. But having people coming in who don't know the product, it just you could tell on their face that they have no idea what they're I doing there. No idea what was going on. <laughs> I have no idea. I was watching it as it was going down, and I was like, "What is happening? How is this pertaining to anything?" You know? Yeah. Um, um, you know, your, you know, I, I think your gimmick caught on pretty quick. I mean, you know, you had a catchy theme music, you know, I think that was like the highlight of you because your, your theme music was catchy and everybody was singing it. Um, how much of yourself, like, did you really enjoy the Adam Rose gimmick? Cause I kind of enjoyed Leo oh. Kruger better, but Adam Rose, you know, I hated the song eventually. <laughs> I hated it eventually. I mean, you played that song now, I want to let my brains out, but it's like, <laughs> um, the, the first initial song, World Goes Wild, which was offered to us for free yeah. by the guy who produced the actual album. Uh, that song I liked. The WWE version of it was okay, but it wasn't anywhere near the original concept. Yeah. Uh, I do think now we're getting to that point because the characters change so much that um, it's time for a change, you know, when it comes to music. Yeah. Um, I was gonna show um, how's how's your son doing? How's the family doing? Family's good. Um, Maverick is a rambunctious four year old little boy. He's actually <laughs> yep. a little right now, and he's making us earn every cent of parenthood. Uh, uh, and he's got a little brother named Levi, who's about like Maverick's small for his height, for his age, and he's gonna be probably for a while. Yeah, uh, just because of his feeding issues. Mm-hmm. But like um, Levi is a tank. It's just a little bulldozer, and uh, they're about two years apart, but only about a couple of centimeters apart in height. Yeah. So, uh, and Maverick thinks he's big brothers. So he thinks he's the big boss of the house. Yeah. And um, I'm even warning him, you know, when your brother gets a little older, you know, things are going to change. So, that's <laughs> fine. It's all good. I love it. That, that's what I look for, man. That's, that's, that's the good stuff in life. Um, did you feel like after the um, the you know, ESPN um, E60 that you f- you felt that you know them highlighting you know showing your family showcase that yeah. were they were they like almost like you know I, I guess they didn't have to do that I don't know if you like said all right you can show well, how I live or whatever. Let me interrupt you there. Yeah. Let me interrupt you there first. I don't think I was supposed to be the key feature of that piece. Oh, really? Oh. Yes, I don't think so, but you must remember it was independently shot by ESPN, and ESPN decided who the key feature of the piece was. But I don't think, according to the WWE, I was ever intended to be the key piece of that, that story. Wow. So, uh, but uh, ESPN thought that was the more gripping story, and that was the one they wanted to latch onto, and they pushed forward with it. So, my the credit for that goes to ESPN, and it goes to the guy named Ben Hauser. Yeah. Actually, it was the guy who fought for it and fought hard for it, and is an amazing uh, producer and just an amazing guy when it comes to producing these products. Yeah, all because you know that was an amazing piece, and you know, you know, and then you know, anybody who doesn't have compassion for your story, you know, I, I you know, they're not human. But you know, I, I just thought you know they could have emphasized that more on WWE. Did you like say anything to them? The yeah. Meetings we had, yeah. meetings we had. I had a sit down meeting with them, a sit down meeting with Paul about it. Like, why aren't we using this at any sort of, you know, capital? And uh, the theory was, Paul's comment was, and this makes sense, what are we going to do, make you the family guy? That ain't going to sell. 
and I agreed. And uh, then uh, Vince's point was there's two separate audiences. The ESPN audience and the WWE audience are two completely separate audiences. So yeah. the average fan that wasn't wrestling won't necessarily have seen that piece. I disagree with that. Yeah. I, think, um, I think if they had taken that and put that on WWE program, if you put snippets of that on Raw, I think it would have uh, ultimately done me a lot of good. I think the next thing I was doing right after that piece was released was uh, Kissing Rosa Mendez. Yeah. So that deflated any sort of hope. Yeah, because if people will say, oh my god, he's married, he's kissing another woman, and ah, uh, uh, you know, because... Yes, I, mean, I got so much hate mail from that. <laughs> I'm just doing a storyline, you really think I want to kiss this chick? <laughs> you know, so it's, it's, it, was, it was funny. Yeah, no, it's kind of funny you say that, because aren't they having, like, a working relationship with Jonathan Coachman, and they have, like, wrestlers coming on, what is it? Uh, yeah, they have a very good relationship, and it comes from that ESPN. Yeah. Uh, ESPN did not, I think, clear the actual pieces with them, but because the piece was so positive, yeah. I think there was a lot of trust put in ESPN that they would not produce these negative, you know, those typical negative wrestling pieces that we're so used to seeing um, that uh, ESPN and the WWE now have a good relationship. Did you enjoy your time in NXT and the WWE? Did you enjoy your time overall? I think my favorite time, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, is probably going all the way back to FCW. Uh, that was my favorite time, not just because of my position in the company, just because uh, we were run by Dr. Tom Richard at the time. and It was it, it was fun, too, you know. It, it was a job, but it was fun. And if wrestling ain't fun, then why do it? And um, I, uh, I enjoyed that time the most. NXT was rough, especially when uh, Coach Bull DeMont, and once again, a lot of people have a lot of things to say about Coach Bull DeMont. I personally had no problems with him. He's a tough coach, and he's one of those guys who's going to push you and push you and push you and see if you break. Yeah. And uh, he's doing that on purpose because if you're going to break there, you're going to break up there. Yeah. Um, how well did you get along with, like, Johnny Curtis, Trent Beretta, Damian Sandow? Who was, like, your friends or your boys? And... Uh, I loved all those boys. Yeah. Uh, Trent, I unfortunately didn't get to see enough of, but, like, me and Trent were close to we met right out the bat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Johnny Curtis, I got a funny story about it. Please tell. Yeah. For some reason, bumped heads when we first met Fandango. For some reason, when we met, we just bumped heads right off the bat. Yeah. I think we were a little bit both alpha male-ish, and we just bumped heads right off the bat, and we spent a year taking liberties on each other and beating the shit out of each other on national television. And at the end of it, I still remember we were in Gorilla, and we both looked at each other, and we said, is that enough? And he went, yeah, it's enough. And then we finally stopped hurting each other. <laughs> so, yeah, now we're very good friends. And I love Johnny Curtis. And Dango are so different, you would have no idea. Like, he's just one of the most grizzled. Yeah, he's a tough dude, you know? And, yeah. Uh, it's, it's just it's so funny to me sometimes to see the character compared to the person. And then, like, Damien Sandow was someone I actually drove with. Yeah. Probably most of my time in the WWE. So... Oh wow! You have any funny rib stories? Any you could say any kind of stories you want. It could be raunchy. Any like funny, funny rated like. <laughs> I'm married at the time, so now I have no raunchy stories. <laughs> what I do have is Eric Rowan, okay, myself and Damien Sandow as driving mates. Rowan, there's something just, just there's something just not firing right, and Sandow would purposefully put him in the car just to see me get upset. And, I mean, this guy would be eating raw spinach and just raw... I mean, this is the most disgusting stuff you've ever seen. And he sits naked in a sauna with a fucking head brace on. And it's just... He's just a weirdo, man. In every sense of the term, like the world. 
nicest guy in the world. I mean, like, good with kids. I wanted to want a babysitter on Ireland. Just uh, driving with him, to me, was like a nightmare. <laughs> I don't want to see Eric Warren naked in the morning. <laughs> oh my god um um how was you talked a little bit about vince um how was vince like first time i ever met vince and i'll be honest i was still in nxt i was so petrified that i actually turned around and ran away Swung <laughs> <laughs> down the hallway and i cut a u-turn and just went the other direction um but then eventually, you know, there comes a time, and he waits for it. There comes a time when you got to go speak to him and say, hey, boss, what's up? And uh, finally, when I did that, I realized that it was actually very approachable if he had the time. And he's someone that was open to talk, whether yeah. or not your ideas would ever get used. But he was definitely open to communicating and open to talking about it. I was going to ask you, too, did you see the CM Punk fight in UFC? And if you did, what should you think about the fight? Actually, did not see the actual fight because I was driving from some town to some other town. I don't remember exactly where I was. But what I do know is that uh, apparently it was really short and criticized Punk. And I'm going to go on record at saying, well, I don't see anyone else having the balls to go do it. Mm-hmm. So before you go criticize someone like that, following his passion, you know, shut the fuck up. Throw some balls in and you try it then. Uh, it took balls for him to do it. And uh, more power to him. More Indeed. power to him. Um, how would you describe yourself in terms of attitude and personality? Probably uh, grumpy, <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, slightly insane. Probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably. Oh, and right now, um, it, was Robin, it was Robin Williams. It was Robin Williams that made the quote. He said, "All of us are born with this small spark of madness. Make sure you never lose it." Yeah. And um, I think. Uh, uh, especially now, I'm able to explore that madness even more and more. Has the madness um, changed your ring style, or is it still the same? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Ring style wise, I'm far, far more gritty and far more able to do what I want to do. It's not so much, uh, you know, roll around the ring and Adrian Street it up. Not no offense to Adrian Street, you do that extremely well. Yeah. Um, it's for me. And um, I'll give people some of the things they're used to seeing in the beginning. And then I go to me, and uh, I like to get hit, and I like to hit people, so that's um, that's something people have never seen, you know, I mean, I started boxing when I was like 14 years old, you know, I'm used to getting hit, and uh, I, I like that form, that hard hitting style of professional wrestling, that's to me how I grew up in South Africa, full hard hitting style, so it's like, like um, it, it, I, I enjoy that physicality of it. Um, what was your most memorable match to you in WWE? It was a silly little match on some live event in Las Vegas. Not to say any match is silly, but it wasn't televised or anything. Mm-hmm. Like, as you know, my TV time was cut down to three, five minutes as a spot. But uh, finally, I mean, I think I was wrestling Justin Gabriel that night. And Gabriel was on his way out. And he knew that he had about five matches maybe left in, him, in the WWE. And uh, we started the night out. And normally when you start a show out, the first match is pretty simple. It's a little exciting, but it's simple. And it blows through the finish and it goes home. And uh, Gabriel was like, nope, we're going 20 minutes. And give a fuck what anyone says. And uh, we're going to tear the house down. And I was like, all right, all the heat's on you. And he said, okay. And uh, we went out there and we had, I mean, I remember the crowd being so deafening that my eardrums were reverberating. Which wow. I never had happened. 
saw. And that was just two guys. The other guy, Dustin Gabriel, hadn't had much TV time. No one gave a shit about him. The guys, Adam Rose, Jobber Deluxe, no one gives a shit about him either. And uh, showing that we can tear the house down when we give it the platform. Do you feel that like the WWE, like having time limit for matches for certain wrestlers, it hinders it hinders your skills because people can't really see what you really do? Because not everybody watches NXT, you know, so not everybody has the network, you know? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I think everything's about time. Yeah. Now, I understand business, too. So I understand the WWE side of this. Mm-hmm. There's only so much time you can give on a rule, and I'm going to give my time to my proven commodities. I'm not going to give my time to unproven commodities. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, if you never give somebody time, then they never have a chance to do anything. And then that's all people ever see. But, you know, for me, it wasn't such a big surprise when that happened because when I was brought up, I was told that was going to be my spot, you know? Yeah. It wasn't like not told that. Hunter actually took me aside and told me straight, this is going to be a mid-card spark. and last a couple of years and it's going to be done. Yeah. So I knew exactly what I was coming into. Did you, um, with with you know the whole Adam Rose thing and the whole popularity and um, how does it feel to be in a video game and have your action figure? It's weird in a way, <laughs> but I think my kids are so young that they don't really care yet. Yeah, so it's like the only thing they care about is my action figure because they realize it's daddy. <laughs> and then like there's one there's one of my action figures sitting above each of their beds. But other than that, I mean. I mean, I don't think they really care. Like, they watch me on TV literally for, like, two seconds and then go on to play with something else, you know? So it's not like it was this massive thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if they were older, like, 9 or 10, they would realize more what it was, which I'm happy they didn't because mm-hmm. then they might want to do it, and I don't want them doing it at all. So I like to say one's a lawyer and one's a doctor. <laughs> Um, before you departed, you was part of the social outcast. How was all those guys like? Heath Slater, Curtis Axel, Bo, how, was their, how, were, how were they? I love them all. I love them all, you know, and I loved them all before we were even formed as a group. I mean, I went through the trenches with Bo. Um, I just missed Heath. I think he went up just before I got there and so did Curtis. But it's like, uh, I, me and Bo, you know, we suffered in developmental for years together. Suffered's a strong word, but at the time it was suffering. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, so, we were meant to ever be a long-term action, and I don't think we were meant to ever actually accomplish anything. I think mm-hmm. we're meant to just be an entertaining little side show, and, and that was it. And we knew that. So, and we, once again, you still do the best you can with what you're given. Mm-hmm. But um, and we started to get a lot of traction. I remember on the live events getting some of the biggest reactions was mm-hmm. when the social outcast music we did. Um, also, what made you cut off all your hair? What 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 led to that? A Britney Spears moment. No. <laughs> uh, no. I wanted to change, man. I wanted to cut my hair for so long. I was so sick of having long hair. I'd had it my whole life. Yeah. You know, um, I think I grew my hair from when I was 16. Oh, my God. And I cut at people coming to the States. Yeah, listen to this. I cut at people coming to the States. I had, like, a cut with all sorts of tribal designs in it and then grew it ever again. And so I pretty much spent my whole life with long hair. And um, I was just ready. I think I was a little older, and, and I was just ready to not have long hair. You know, I didn't want to be Michael Hayes. So it's like, uh, I think an older guy with long hair is just weird, you know? If you're not a member of a band and, and you're, like, over 30, you probably shouldn't have long hair. <laughs> oh, man. Um, um, how do you feel not having long hair? Is it easier to wake up and not having that heavy hair on your head and, oh, you know? <laughs> I love it. Match preparation is a dream. That's another reason I did it was match preparation. I hated having to prep matches. <laughs> like I hate like I used to feel so bad for Stardust and Goldust. You really watching them 
put the space paint on and do all this stuff, and they're getting ready for mid-afternoon, and I'm like, thank God I don't have face paint. <laughs> you know, like, because, you know, like, Cesaro has it down. I mean, the guy just barely puts the trunks on and goes, you know, and I was like, that's what I want to be able to do. I want to put my shit on and go. And uh, that's another reason I did it. Okay, um, Raymond, my final question to you is, what would the Raymond of today tell the Raymond of yesterday? Mm, that's a very good question. Probably no one's asked me that yet, and I've done a thousand of these. That is such a good question. Uh, finish school, motherfucker. Sorry. No. <laughs> um, something along those lines. But it would be finish school, and it would be... Uh, don't do it unless it's done on your terms. That, that's what I want to say to all young stars coming up now. Unless they come for you, don't come for them. Because you want it on your terms. And oh, one more thing before I let you go. What led you to become a Christian? Well, my dad was a minister, actually. And uh, I'd actually, I'll be honest with you, I would classify myself as Christian, yet I have battled with Christian faith my entire life. And mm. I think uh, I was raised in the church. I spent every Sunday in the church from when I was born to when I was 14. But um, I think uh, as an adult, I question things more. And as an adult, I, uh, you know, I have my, I have, a, I have, it's not that I'm not a Christian. It's just that I find I definitely question things more now. Uh, uh, there's always a struggle, right? It's a struggle just to... It's a struggle, yes. It's, it's, it's a weird little, it's a weird little struggle because... Uh, I don't realize, it's like, I always, I say this to people, like, how much is indoctrination, and how much is reality? That's the thing I battle with. That, that's got to be really hard for you, that's got to be really hard, but, you know, always pray on it, brother, you know, always read the book, you never know, you know, something might come to light, yeah. you know? I agree. You know? I agree. Uh, Raymond, man, thank you for, oh, Raymond, thank you for your time, man, I definitely appreciate it, brother. Thank you, I appreciate that, man, I always, uh, I always enjoy this, thank you so much, if you want to book Raymond LaPon, also known as Aldo Rose, you can go to his website at aldorose.com. For information bookings, he is also on Facebook at Raymond LaPon. Also, Sabotage Wrestling is October 7th with women from all over the world coming together to wrestle in one big event. You'll see such stars as Thunder Rosa, Holly Dead, Caitlin Diamond, Rays, so many more. So many talented, independent, superstars, female athletes going at it so check them out and you can check out their website and you can check out for tickets